Today's podcast was brought to you by Port City Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. It's located at 8 Greenleaf Woods Drive. Um, you can reach them on, or us on the web at portcitybjj.com. All the information is up there, schedules up to date and all that. Um, we have three black belt instructors, uh, classes for all levels, beginner, advanced, intermediate, no matter what your belt level is or experience level is. We do no-gi on Wednesday nights, have a striking class on Friday, early morning classes, kids' classes, got it all. It's located inside the Seco Sports Club, um, and when you sign up with us, you have full access to that. You have pool, sauna, weight room, swimming pool, lockers, showers, and all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, come on in, check us out. Uh, open seven days a week. You can find a time for you to fit into your schedule. Uh, also, going on with that, on February 6, 2016, we're doing a Grapplethon fundraiser to benefit Dan Dion, who is one of our students, and he's battling cancer for the second time. It's going to be a three-hour fundraiser from 11 to 2. Um, suggested donation is 20 bucks, but if you got some coin and feel like it, throw some more in. Uh, it's three hours of straight rolling, probably do five-minute rounds, come in and have some fun, train with some guys that uh, you might not normally train with, and uh, support a good cause. Also by Reproof and CrossFit. Uh, we're located in the mill at 51 Washington Street, Dover, New Hampshire. Uh, you can reach us at 1603-740-0822. Also, uh, www.evrprvn.com. We hate vowels. And you can also contact Stone at evrprvn.com as well. Um, fully functional CrossFit gym, um, cross the board, everything's scalable, everything's achievable. Uh, it doesn't matter if you are young or old, you can come in, get some fitness, and uh, get, uh, get your life back. Um, so come on in, check us out. And uh, here's the podcast. All right, we're back. Sharp Iron Society coming right back at you. Number four. Yep. After a week off because of my traveling exploits. I know. I never thought that I would say this, but I missed doing this. I knew that I, I like, it threw me all off. I, I took a week and a half off from working out, a week and a half off from working, and it was almost too much. Like, I was like, I need to get back to Starting my... Starting to feel lazy. Yeah. And well, yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> especially watching people work out as hard as they're working out yeah, there's nothing there's nothing worse than sitting there not working out and watching other people work out you know what fucking blew my mind is the amount of alcohol sold at a big crossfit competition <laughs> i was people walking around with beers and i'm like how can you drink beer and watch these people work out i'd feel like the biggest piece of shit ever <laughs> it was crazy like ton of people and not, some of them were competitors like when their day was over and they're like, oh, I want a beer. I'm like, if I drank that beer after working out, there'd be no working out even the next day. That's well, that's what CrossFit is becoming. It's becoming a, it's becoming a spectator sport. Right. It wa- it went from like being just like this this thing that you do and like, like yeah, the, the games and all that stuff. Uh, people would like 
be healthy and all and, and watch it and have fun. But now it's, I mean, really, truly becoming a spectator sport. I think it's funny, too, that also noticing the crowd of uh, spectators at any CrossFit event. I've been to um, the regionals and uh, we went to Wadapalooza on the weekend. And uh, I I went to one other thing, I think, that was pretty big. I can't remember. Um, But that everyone shows up like they're going to work out. <laughs> like like people, people show up in like joggers or spandex or short, like, like, like CrossFit shorts and, and, and wear CrossFit <laughs> sneakers and like their CrossFit shirt. And they're like, you're just sitting here for two hours watching other people work I, out. I Why are you dressed like that? that? It's hilarious. I mean, I kind of do it too, but I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> but but it's like it's, it's it's like showing up to see a band and you're wearing the band shirt. I even mean, worse, just, it's, it's like, like a football. It's like no no, it's worse because <laughs> it's like showing up to a football game wearing football equipment is what it's like. <laughs> it's, oh, like going to an MMA fight wearing MMA gloves, wearing a gi, right? Oh yeah, or you're watching wearing your, your pajamas. Yeah, it's it's the weirdest thing. So I'm like I I wear like comfortable shorts and a t-shirt and whatever the appropriate footwear is sneakers or sandals or whatever but i'm like like and it's like at any point they're gonna call you in like you're like you're (laughs) part of the bullpen or something like no one's gonna ask you to fucking work out you don't need to wear this shit (laughs) you random guy in the in the bleachers sub in right it's so funny i i i I go i totally i'm with you on that one i will wear the absolute like non-crossfit uh attire as possible well and then i think it's funny the people so it's two opposite ends of the spectrum. You have the people who are ready to work out at any moment. <laughs> and then the other opposite end of the spectrum is like the guy wearing like diesel jeans and like a bunch of jewelry and a tight t-shirt and his hair's all done <laughs> or whatever. I'm like, you clearly don't do CrossFit. You're just here for, to look at people. Or so, I don't know. It's weird. It's it's a weird. that that's a lot of spandex. It's a lot of spandex. There's a lot of spandex. <laughs> it sure is. Yeah. Uh yeah, that's that was. It's a weird, and that, and that goes for all CrossFit competitions. Yeah, no, I've been, I've been to a few myself, and I I'm curious. It has to be completely different being in Miami. I mean, I I've been well, to I I've been to regionals. I've been to ECC where it's like ECC people are. I mean, they're they're dressing warm because it's the middle of freaking. Actually, no, it happened yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah and today. Well, no, today and today. Yeah. Um. So it, it's people are dressing warm, and then regionals people are dressing down a little bit. But Miami's got to be a totally different beast. Uh. Well, first of all, Florida is the weirdest fucking place <laughs> on the face of the goddamn planet. <laughs> it's it's go on. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So, my grandparents. I did like the. My, typical my grandparents lived in florida when i was a kid did the whole uh disneyland sea world bush gardens thing when i was a kid florida was the greatest place on the face of the planet and then you become an adult and you go to florida and it's not so much the it's not like crazy shit like trying to think of their to, to like how to say this it's a bunch of little. It's a bunch of little things where you're like, "Well, that's weird," and then you're like, "Well, that's weird. That's weird." And it's not like this huge. Like it's like people aren't dressed differently, or they're not painted a different color, or you know, not walking around with green face paint on. It's just weird stuff. Like one of the things that there was the parking in Florida 
is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. There's like no parking enforcement whatsoever. You could literally pull your car up somewhere, shut it off and get out and leave it parked somewhere and no one says anything. Like it's totally cool. Like we went to Whole Foods and I look out across the street and there's like 15 cars parked in the median of the highway. What? Yeah. Like it's a it's a busy like three lanes going in each direction under this overpass, like this long, it's like an elevated train thing. And there's like 15 cars parked in this so median. So at this point, do I bring up the fact that there's a lot of elderly people in Florida and elderly elderly drivers? Um, <laughs> so I get what I'm going, to, going no, for. So I get understand that, but Miami is a different. It's weird because of that too. Is like there's a mix of the like the whole retiree scene, whatever, and then you have like Cuban guys and girls <laughs> that have migrated there and then you have these guys that are ballers i don't know how many times like i saw probably 10 like supercars while i was there it was it was crazy like i saw like uh first time i'd ever seen a lamborghini aventador in person which is like it's like a fucking like million dollar car jesus you know what i mean like and then like i saw a fully race ready porsche gt3 it was like i'm like it was like a race ready. It had like a roll cage, like the brakes, everything. Did, did you guys see any donks? Yes. I actually saw many of them. That's the other thing too is like you see the shittiest cars with the biggest, most chrome rims you've ever seen on the face of the planet. What the hell is that? Right. I mean, they, I like this one right here that has Newport on the side. <laughs> as a, as, our, be, as gotta... our good friend Josh Vandeleur would say, the brothers love the new boards. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, it's it, it, there's got to be a de- there's definitely got to be a little bit of like culture shock like coming from New England that's and especially this area that's like pretty much the widest area of the country, like one of the widest areas. You go down there, it's like you've got like I said, everything. It's, it's a weird everything. It's a very weird mix of people between like I said the retiree scene and then uh you know, the Cuban influence and Spanish influence and then people who has just have an insane amount of money to, <laughs> to blow on cars and things like that. Is and it's like I said, it's little weird shit. Like we tried to get food the first day we were down there and we were on like right near the bay, the Bay of Miami, and it was either you eat at this little shack where the food was questionable or you go in some place where we had, like, we just got off the plane, so we had, like, sneakers, sweatpants on. This is outside know. the CrossFit. Right. It was before the, the the competition even started. And we walked in and everybody was wearing, like, three-piece suits and had, like, jewelry on and big watches. And, like, we were sitting there in sweatpants and, like... I'm clearly underdressed. To be so the here. record was skipping a little bit, right? It, but it, but it's, there's no happy medium, you know. Like here, you can go into a pub or something or a tavern, and you're like, oh yeah, like we get a burger and fries and whatever. No, it's either you're eating street food that's questionable looking, or you're balling. <laughs> there's no there's no happy nothing in the middle. There's nothing in the mid- in the middle. It's and that's what I mean. It's like it's all weird shit like that. Where like at face value, you're walking you're like oh like whatever, and then you start looking kind of in depth at what's going on around you and becoming aware of the situation you're like this is fucking weird this is a weird place and then on top of that after the crossword competition my wife and i drove from 
Miami to Charleston, South Carolina. So I had to drive from the tip of Florida north through the entire state. And I was like, this is just fucking weird. It's, it's, it's strange, man. And like, like another thing is like, there's so many random bodies of water, like random ponds here and there. And it was yeah, the Everglades. Right. Well, no, it wasn't even ever like they're like man-made ponds. And I, I imagine it's because the elevate and it's the flattest fucking state on the face of the planet too. It's gotta be. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I've never really been to the Midwest, but I'm sure there's like, there's like not a hill in sight you could you could stand on something 50 feet tall and see the entire state of fucking florida it's weird it's weird it's the weirdest place ever it's funny i i i had my own personal experience with florida was uh over on the gulf side uh over by tampa um tampa's a pretty pretty cool town Uh, like sarasota like big artsy town I, i i love sarasota you just walk around, everything looked like it was nice and clean, but like they, there was this uh, string of islands. Um, they like Anna Maria Island is where I went to, and it reminded me heavily of going and visiting my grandmother over in uh, uh, Coronado, California. The kind of kind of same vibe over there, uh, as as these little islands, you just get get on your little beach cruiser and ride around. It was it was uh it was, it was nice and relaxing, but Miami is a totally different beast. Well, the other thing, it I don't know if this happens from what we were talking to some people that are local. It it was kind of a freak occurrence, but it fucking rained while we were there, <laughs> and we can talk about how that affected the CrossFit competition because it did. Um, but uh, it fucking rained. Like there was one point where. We get out of the car, and it looked like it was clearing up. We're like, oh, maybe we missed the rain or whatever. And from behind us, it was like someone fucking turned on a hot shower. Because it's 75, and then we were soaked within a matter of seconds. And it happened. Like, it just kept happening. Like, we were wet all weekend. It was but it rained and rained and rained. So at one yeah, point, that was, that was a new experience for a lot of people down there. Was w- having to work out in the rain. Yeah, it was. But, I saw a lot of good videos. Yeah, but at one point, so we're like, let's go, um, let's go buy some raincoats. You know what I mean? Because we didn't bring a raincoat. We're like, oh, you know, it's a little bit of rain and it's seventy out. Great, this gonna be awesome. And it, we were just soaked. So we're driving around. We ended up on um, Key Biscayne, I think it is. I think it's in the most northern key of florida like it's pretty much level with miami but it's you know you gotta take a bridge there and all that stuff and it was actually pretty awesome it was like very um uh tropical and like they drive down the roads and it wasn't like there was like tall green lush trees and things like that and you know there was a like a cool little walking path like you could walk around the whole island and things like that so that was kind of cool but yeah miami was a fucking trip it's a weird (laughs) yeah but yeah, the rain was it fucking rained and rained and rained. It was a lot of rain yeah. that weekend. Yeah. Um, it, it delayed the competition a bunch of times, didn't it? Um, yeah, I don't know how much it delayed. Like, it it couldn't have been too much because they like it was downpouring and they were still working out. Like it was like like I was like covering my face because the rain was bouncing off the ground up back at me that fucking hard, <laughs> and they were still doing barbell work and climbing ropes and things like that. Wow, which was a new like, but it was interesting. I'm interested to see the like professional uh, p- 
pictures that they hired the photographers to take because they got to be rad. Yeah, these guys and girls slinging serious weight in the pouring rain. That's that's awesome. It was a very cool scenery too. Like if you go, um, we have an Instagram. Uh, it's a sharp iron or sharp underscore iron underscore soc on Instagram. Um, I posted some pictures, and if you uh, go to my personal Instagram page, it's underscore d underscore stevens underscore i like the underscores obviously apparently um there's some cool I, I posted a lot of pictures of the weekend it was really cool scenery like there's one event where the bleachers are set up and you're facing the bay and then they had the rig and then like the athletes worked out in front of you so in between you and the water and then they had a floating rig that the people had to swim out to and things like that yeah so it was, a, it was cool scenery for sure um and a cool little event but yeah, they had to work out in the rain. It was very interesting. <laughs> Doing overhead squats in the rain. Yeah. And like uh I think they were doing power snatches or something like that. And it was one of those things where like they'd chalk up the bar and then the chalk would get slick and just start caking and things like that. And it was a mess. But they powered through. They a lot of those athletes, you know, and I think a lot of people did, you know, fairly well on their their workouts better than they expected you know even dealing with that element yeah it was it was a, it was a fun weekend it was cool because there was always something going on um i was gonna try to remote podcast from there and, and things like that and had all these plans but like literally from eight o'clock in the morning till nine thirty at night there was there was something going on there was always something going on like what stuff was going on yeah it's rad right here look at those pictures um well, they had so they had uh, um, a bunch of different divisions, tons of divisions. They even had a scaled division this year at Wadapalooza, which was cool. Um, so they did a scaled men and men and women's. Um, they did a teens division, I think. I don't know if they broke the teens up by um, boys and girls. I imagine they did. Um, I think they also had a kids division. Uh, um, then obviously they did um, RX. RX, which is like prescribed weight, it's like kind of the more serious CrossFitter. Um, they had an intermediate division, so it was like between new be- like beginners and people yeah. who are so seasoned when you say, athletes. When you're saying like there's always something going on, it, you're meaning like there's always events going on. Yeah, there's people always like yeah, no, like competing. I don't think each. Um, they had, so they had three uh, stages. They called them. So they had um, one. That was like by the bay, and then one over on this hill, and then the main one. And there was never—I think there were—they were not going on. Like there was something going on all the time. Like maybe a ten-minute window where they would like switch up weights and equipment and things like that. But from for three days, from eight o'clock in the morning until about nine o'clock at night, there was sounds like a well-run competition. Yeah, I mean, I think um, the rain threw them a. A, a curveball where they had to switch some things around, you know, for safety issues. And then they tried to, uh, you know, let those elite athletes who are professional CrossFitters kind of take the main stage. They always went at night under the lights and things like that. So they tried to, you know, they had to shuffle some things around. I know there's some cl- complaints about they weren't 100% sure when everyone was going and things like that. But uh, I think other than that, it was it was pretty smoothly run. Seemed like it, it's they stayed busy, busy at least, you know. Yeah, no. I, all the pictures that I've seen of um, of some of the main stage stuff, it, they, 
literally look like rock stars yeah. working out. Yeah. And just like all the lighting and 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 whatnot. I mean, I've I've seen competitions where like big competitions, where it's like a complete shit show. Right. And and the fact that they can deal with this so well with um, dealing with the elements is uh, that's that's that that's something pretty awesome. Yeah. I definitely will make be making the trip next year. Yeah, it, I would definitely suggest if anybody is interested to go check it out if they have the the means to go. Um, yeah, it definitely seemed like I think it being in Miami with that kind of like that stereotypical you know uh, baller vibe <laughs> and all that. Uh, they definitely wanted to showcase those elite athletes as much as they could. Yeah, there was a lot of them too. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's some big names down there, which is really cool. Yeah, um, yeah, there was a lot of big name athletes there. That was the other thing that surprised me. I mean, I went to regionals last year, but we sat in the stands, and like, um, it's one thing we talk about a little bit is how accessible a lot of these people that we are interested in are. And just running into these athletes while they were walking around, like checking out the vendor village. Like the vendor village at this um, event was pretty cool. There are a lot of good uh, companies there and things like that, and um, and some some cool products. And they were giving away stuff and all that stuff. But um, all these athletes, not only were they like at their booth, whoever sponsored them, whatever, but they were just walking around checking out competition too and whatever. And ran in a ton of them. The thing that really surprised me with a lot of those athletes is how not big they are. They're, they're, and I don't want to say they're small guys because they're clearly not. They're in very good shape and they're, they're, you know, they're fit and they have big muscles and things like that. But they're not big in stature at all. I mean, I first day I was there, I, I ran face first into Lucas Parker, and I was like, <laughs> I tower you over you. You're you're not a big guy, you know. Like he's, he's I'm I'm quite. They so just f- look big in right. pictures. I'm quite a few inches bigger than he is. Well, when everybody everybody's the same height, uh, everybody looks. I mean, everybody right. looks big. And I'm I sure mean, like the they, the camera angles that they you know they try to make them larger than life, um, and then like. I mean, even like Easy Muhammad, who is, you know, his whole thing is lift off, lift heavy often as in every day, you know, and uh, he's, I mean, I ran into him at Whole Foods, you know, he was wearing, you know, sweatpants and a t-shirt and I'm like, if you, like right now, if I didn't know who you were, you'd just seem like an average guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then he takes his shirt off and he's fucking shredded and throwing away, throwing around, you know, 370 pounds. And then, like, Kalipa, I ran into Jason Kalipa. I mean, he was probably the biggest of anybody I saw there, but not like you'd expect, you know? like Not tall. Right. Well, I mean, even, like, not, like, he wasn't even, like, wide or thick or, you know what I mean? You seem like these guys that seem like they're mountains of people. And I'm like... Yeah. I mean, Jason Kalipa is definitely one of the bigger guys. Right. And I'm like, you know, if I didn't know who you were, I'd be like, oh, you're, like, an in-shape guy. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, you clearly work out. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's just fucking destroying fucking workouts. Well, you see these guys, and I mean, it's like you—if you break down all the movements, you break down all the, uh, um, everything you that CrossFit encompasses. Having a real—I mean, being like a massive person is also is sometimes a disadvantage. You look at guys like, I mean, Spencer Hendel, they were huge. Right. I mean, like, dude's tall. Right. And. Think about how much more that barbell, has that kettlebell, yeah. that that wall ball has to travel. Right. I mean, he, like I always, I was poke fun of one of our, um, one of our clients in, at at Everproven CrossFit. Is it is this dude's really tall and he's closer to the target, but he has 
as far as wall balls go, like he has so much further to go to right. get down below parallel right. and then drive back up. Right. He's, it's a lot of distance, even though like him throwing the wall ball is, I mean, he's, he's pretty close to the target. Right. So having like, having that like frame that's around that like five, 10, five, 11 area seems to be almost like the perfect, right. uh, the perfect height for, right. for a lot of that. Well, I was just watching, um, the ECC is going on this weekend, East Coast Championship, and uh, the guy who wins it every year, local guy Matt Fraser, is fucking short. <laughs> he's like five five. Like I'm like that. That's got to say something. Like he's tears through all the workouts, whatever. And they put his stats up on the TV, and I was like, "You're tiny." <laughs> You're t- like he's five five, like 185 pounds. So he's like thick. Oh, well, he's and from strong. Vermont. He he's from, from he's from the Shire. Put it that way. <laughs> right. He's just kind of a hot. You know, I didn't know about him too. He's, he's like a, a uh, like a electrical engineer or something like that. What? Yeah. He like, I just listened to an interview with him. He like did his um, college uh, intern at the NASA Institute in Vermont. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Yeah. I was like, I had no idea. That's awesome. Right. That's awesome. So brains and fucking. And brawn. And brawn. Yeah. But all those guys, I was like, you were, in, you're, you seem a lot bigger in pictures and on TV, which makes what they were doing even more impressive, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. You know, like a lot of those guys I saw, um, one of the events was they had to, uh, it was like a bunch of other exercises, but mixed in with it was they had to do um, five clean I think I don't know if I don't think it was jerks, but I think it was just squat clean, which is like a full clean at like 185 pounds, and it was like most of them just touch and go to it, like Jesus, right? Which is like that's a lot more than my one rep max. <laughs> I I think that's that's the one thing that that is amazing about CrossFit is just like it's where it it found this like this perfect little spot between uh, all the different uh, physical modalities and, 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 and everything that people are doing from, from, I mean, it's like, it's like this little graph that we learn. It's like, you've got your, your, your triathletes on one side and your weightlifters on the other side. And we want to be right in the middle. And these people are, it's like you said, they're normal average everyday people. Um, off the turf and then they get on stage and then all of a sudden they start pulling weights and you're just like wow that person is i mean it's literally like super superhuman yeah and, and it builds this like greatness inside people which is it's phenomenal and yeah. it, my favorite part of it is just seeing somebody that just looks completely average and all of a sudden they're just throwing away around like massive amounts of weight yeah um so it was it Going along with that, it was cool to see um, they did a really good job mixing up skills in the the um, programming at this competition. Like one of them was, I think it was they were doing um, power snatch or something like that at a at a pretty low weight, but it was high reps. But if you put the barbell down, you need to do a rope climb penalty. So you had to go from like lifting weights to climbing ropes. You know what I mean? Oh. So you mix that up. And then another one, it was you had to do all these exercises, you know, um, GHD sit-ups, which is a glute ham developer. And then um, pistol squats, which is like a one-legged squat with your, your leg out in front. Um, overhead squat. Um, so it was like in a, in a snatch grip position, barbell over your head, squatting down below parallel. 
and then you had to walk like I think it was like a hundred yards or something like that hundred meters or something like that on your hands. So you had to you had to do all these like um, I mean I guess uh, pistol squats are probably a gymnastics move because they're they're body weight, and then you had to do GHDs and barbell work, and then back to gymnastics. So you had to be very well rounded to get a, a pretty decent score. I noticed though that the um, two the two killers definitely were the overhead squats. And like, if you weren't good with that barbell over your head, like a lot of people made up a lot of ground there. If you, you know, you could bust out of the pistol squats and the GHDs and then people got to the overhead squats. And then that seemed to be where people either, it was either won or lost in those overhead squats. And then to make matters worse, the handstand walk. Well, not to mention it's if you get into, I mean, the breakdown of what you're doing and then you get off the, I'm assuming it was higher reps in the GHD. Right. So you're just like pretty much frying your, your central your, your, nervous your, your, system yeah well i mean it's like yeah in your core and, right. and and like doing your overhead squats that's that's i mean one of the biggest elements in overhead squat is like having that that braced core and and being able to hold on to it and having that good that that um shoulder stability uh doing those overhead squats and you said there was Handstand walks after that? Yeah, was at the <sighs> end, right? It's just that's that's brutal. That's I, just that's th- taxing one thing after the next that has something to do with I think that's related. one of those things too where a lot of people don't when they if they don't do CrossFit and watch CrossFit and they see these athletes, I mean they they clearly struggle, but they get their work done. And you're like, "Oh, like eh, you know, whatever." <laughs> and then try doing just five regular sit-ups and then very low weight over your head squatting down. It's miserable. Yeah. I mean, they have such a high work capacity. It's insane. Um, That's why it's, like, again, like more than average human beings. Right. It's amazing what they, they can they can take and they can dish out. Yeah. Well, then the cool thing, too, is that they, they started as average human beings. You know what I mean? That's, that's a great thing. And it's exposed a lot of people um, that normally wouldn't even just be getting up moving around. You know, now they're up moving and doing some extraordinary things, which I think is, you know, the ultimate goal of CrossFit, it seems. You know, you could, you know, that the whole thing, um, that was the whole reason I was in Miami was for this competition. But I don't think that the, the competing part of, of CrossFit is a very small aspect. You know, it's just about kind of being more well prepared and a more capable human being. And it's taking a lot of people who weren't capable before and making them capable human beings which is really cool yeah um yeah there was some crazy shit going on um i think one of the the craziest things was uh uh i saw maddie myers i don't know if you know who she is uh she works out at crossfit invictus i think in san diego she competed at the ecc yesterday too which is even more insane it's like a lot of those athletes went from killing themselves all weekend at Wadapalooza <laughs> and then the ne- very next weekend going to the ECC and killing themselves again. I was like, if I worked out that hard, three workouts a day for three days, I'm, like, I'm taking a month off. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> but they went right back at it. But And she was there yeah, yesterday. The opens are right around the corner too. Right. That's the worst part. Yeah. And uh, so she was at ECC yesterday too, but um, that same workout that they had to do squat clean, um, and during the workout, I think the women's weight was like 225 or something like that, which is heavy. That's like, that's, that's almost my one rep max. 225. Clean, 225. Wow. And uh, she, like, I say this with all, uh, with all the respect in the world, but 
Maddie Myers, I've, I'm fairly sure she's pretty young, and she doesn't look any older than she is. She like, I make. I mean, it's a it's a one hundred percent a joke, but she's. I think she's eighteen. And she looks like she's twelve. Like she's not. You know how you look at some. You look at some eighteen year olds, and you're like, damn, you look like you're thirty five. Well, she looks the exact opposite. She's a very, she's a very uh, young looking adult, and uh, I think she touch and go two twenty five clean like like it it kissed the ground and right back up. Wow! And I can't. She can't weigh more than one hundred and forty pounds. Wow! I mean, and she's got like she's she's in shape. Obviously, she's got like some quads on her and you know some strong legs and but again, you look at her and you'd be like. Yeah, and that's where we're that's where we're trying we're we're starting to see in CrossFit is that it 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 seemed to be it was it was people would try CrossFit and they'd be like oh wow I'm really good at this I used to be a gymnast I used to be be yeah uh, I think she was an Olympic uh, lifter for a while I yeah think. so she's got really good technique which I think is a a lot to do with the amount of weight she moves but she moves some serious weight and she yeah. And then crushed it yesterday at ECC. I think she came in second place. That's awesome. Yeah. And you, you see, you're, that, that's exactly what it is. Like, you're starting to see people that are like, like wow, I can just do CrossFit. Like, right. I, I used to do, like, some people was like, I used to be track. I used to be gymnast. I used to do this. But now there's people that are coming up through the ranks that are like, I've just done CrossFit. Right. We talked about and, that and with Elliot a little bit. Yeah. About. It's, it, it's, uh, it's awesome to watch. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I think she's young enough where she got a good base doing uh I mean I don't know that much about her to be honest with you, but um she got a good base doing Olympic lifting and then she's still in her athletic prime switching over to CrossFit. It was insane. I was like this girl I mean that was it was really impressive. That was she touch and go two twenty five. Like I think the only other girl that did it was Lauren Fisher. Who was also an Olympic lifter and fairly yeah. young, and brought up brought yeah. up within the CrossFit world, right? Twenty one and twenty two. Um, but I mean, uh, CLB, <laughs> fucking ate shit. She she shit the bed on fucking the uh, the clean and jerks. You know what I mean? And then it was funny. She made up all her time on the muscle ups, which is like. Yeah, she's famous for you know you watch her do sixty unbroken muscle ups on YouTube right now, <laughs> you know what I mean? but she fucking tore through some muscle ups. I got some pictures and some video of that it was insane. Um, yeah. Now you you watched a lot of the uh, adaptive athletes, so, so I know you sent me some videos. Of that, that was that was the most insane thing I saw all weekend. Like the Maddie Myers thing was like that was probably the second most insane thing I saw all weekend. Um, the most insane thing I saw was the adaptive athlete division. Um, you know, I'll be 100% honest. Uh, I almost cried watching those guys work out like full on, had to put my sunglasses on, fucking compose myself. Um, it was really, really inspirational and impressive to see. Um, they had two divisions. Um, one was uh, like wheelchair bound athletes. Well, and a lot of them were, I think, like, them, their main way of getting around was the wheelchair, but it seemed like some of them had some kind of uh, use of their legs, but not, obviously, 100%. Yeah. Um, and then they had um, standing athletes. Um, and a lot of those standing athletes were on prosthetics. Yeah. So they, they, were, they weren't standing on their own legs. Um, 
but yeah, it was insane. Um, I think like the guy who's kind of leading that 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 movement right now, he competed in this guy named uh, his name's Kevin Ogar. I think he was a pretty serious CrossFitter, and then got into like a car accident or something like that and broke his back. Oh, it was a CrossFit competition. Yeah, he dropped a barbell on his back. Oh, he did. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, it. Was at um, oh man, what's the what was the name of it? Uh, the I think it was the OC Challenge or something. Like, I don't remember. Oh, what the OC name Throwdown. Of it. OC Throwdown. That, yeah. That's what it was. He dropped a barbell on his back. Yeah. Which which infuriates me because people are out, like that's that's like one thing that's just, like came to light from CrossFit. It's like people are like, oh my god, you do CrossFit, you're gonna get injured. Shut the hell up! And we're like, well, what about that guy that like became paralyzed? It's like that was that was one one incident, one incident. Well, he's still crossfitting and still exactly. and, and, and still fucking destroying it. Um, yeah, he, I mean, he he is the man. Right. Like he's 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 embraced it. He's taken over it, and he's pretty awesome. So I th- I think he's the one leading kind of that whole industry, leading that charge for adapted athletes. Um, but I mean. They did some insane shit. Um, you know, everything from doing cleans off boxes and overhead press to, you know, um, really heavy, heavy dumbbell rows. Um, some of them could get down and do push-ups and, and things like that. Um, one of the cool things was those wheelchair-bound athletes, um, RX Smart Gear made them, um, I don't even know what you would call them, but it was to like, kind of simulate a jump rope. Yeah, they, like, I they, saw those. They cut like a section out of a jump rope, and then the, where the handles were, there was like a two foot or or however long, I'm not quite sure, piece of rope. And then they put like what it looked like was wiffle balls on the end, so okay. they still had to swing them. Like they I was going to ask you about rope. that, and it's one of those things where you look at it and you're like, mm, I don't know if that's really a workout, but it was destroying people. Like <laughs> they were getting tired. You know what I mean? So I mean, I think it does what it needs to do for the upper body. Because you're swinging those ropes and kind of using that nervous system to to, to get those those balls swung around without the jumping, obviously, because they yeah. couldn't do it. But it was really interesting to see them have to do that and then go do other upper body movements. You know what I mean? I think it, it was one of the it, – it just destroyed the central, central nervous system, so it just made everything else that much harder, you know? Um, and then there was this girl. Uh, she was in a, a – it was – interesting because she was in a motorized wheelchair so i don't know if like what her scenario was but she got down and did push-ups i think they're hand release push-ups actually and she was like the last one to finish and literally like everyone just gathered around oh is it um steph the hammer maybe i I think she she's in a motorized wheelchair i think she was down there um she's awesome i follow her on instagram (laughs) she's i mean she really is awesome right uh, I don't. I can't remember. I've, that sounds familiar. Like her name was Steph, um, but like killing herself doing handstand push-ups. Like, and no one was gonna stop her. Like, even if the time cap ran out, she was she was gonna complete those push-ups. And I mean, everybody came out. I mean, Brooke Entz came out to cheer her on, and uh, uh, Annie Thor's daughter, and uh, Sarah Sigmund's daughter, and all those high-level athletes. Like, they just gathered around, and like all the other adaptive athletes came out, and they were like. You know, supporting her to get those push-ups done. That was the last thing she had to do. And, I mean, that was a, a tearjerker. It was awesome to see, you know, people come around and help her out. And then yeah. um, then the second heat was, again, all those athletes that were standing athletes. And uh, a lot of those, like, um, I would say, uh, 
it was like four or five guys that were either on one prosthetic or two prosthetics, you know, which is insane. Like doing shit like burpee box overs <laughs> with either one leg or no legs on yeah. prosthetics or, uh, uh, I saw this one guy, he was a heavier guy, um, on two prosthetics doing double unders on prosthetics, which is like fucking That's insane. Fucking double unders are hard anyway. Like I, <laughs> I, like I, I just started doing them consistently, you know, almost a year into CrossFit. And, uh, like every time he'd stop, he'd fall down face first. And yeah. he'd like either someone would come help him get back up. We'd pick himself back up and just start banging out double unders again. It was insane. Like, fuck it. I fell down. Let's get back up and keep doing this, you know? And like, that's one of those things where I could see someone if they weren't that driven, it, it was like you, I'd be embarrassed. You know what I mean? If I was doing double unders and fell face first on my face, I'd be like, oh fuck, I just <laughs> fell face first. And then in front of all those people, you know, whatever. Yeah. Did not give a shit. I was like, I'm getting up and I'm finishing these double unders. It was insane. Uh, saw a guy with one arm, uh, like, and literally one arm, like the other arm was like, he might've had an inch or so from the shoulder down. Yeah. It, I, I saw a video of that. And he, uh, cleaned, I don't think he pressed it. I can't remember to be honest with you, but no, it was just a clean, but like 185 pounds, one arm, one arm. It was like, it was like a one arm deadlift. Like, so it was in the middle and cleaned it up and stood up with it. That's amazing. Which is insane. That's absolutely amazing. Those are the, I mean, the, the seeing those high level crossfitters is like, wow, I'm like really inspired to just go out there and just go to town and, right. and, and, and just hammer through workouts and, and just be a beast. But it's those adaptive athletes that are ultimately like, like they drive me to be like, wow, you know, like, I mean, I might have like this ache. I might have this pain. Oh, my knee hurts. Oh, my well, knee hurts. At least hurts. you got your knee. It's like, you know what? <laughs> and you you just keep on going no matter what. Right. And like I've I've met a few and we have one in our gym. And it's just like I have I have, I have no complaints. Right. And a recent friend that lost his legs. Like I have no complaints. And and um, there was a... There's a guy that recently visited uh, our range, and he is a amputee from his arm as well as both his legs, and um, really, really nice guy. Super, super nice guy. Um, I believe he was a he was a seal, um, uh, and he is coming up with a T-shirt that I can't wait to rock. Um, that just says, "What have you done to earn your legs today?" Right. And like uh, doing it for as a fundraiser. I was just like that. Dude's awesome. Right. Just just absolutely awesome. And all those adaptive athletes are are amazing, amazing people. Right. And their drive is just is unquestionable. Yeah. It inspired me on a lot of levels. I mean, it inspired me just with like, you know, like you were saying, like, you know, you have everything that you need. You know, you don't you really don't have any complaints. You know, you you don't have to worry about even getting around or whatever. Um that that was really inspiring. The other inspiring thing was, you know, um they were they were finding a way to get the work done. Yeah. Like even if they didn't have like that guy with one arm, you know, he found a way to clean that up. You know, that guy with prosthetics found a way to double under, you know, um, the, the second day, um, they did rope climbs out of their chairs 
You know, so it was it was essentially legless rope climbs out of from sitting. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. or from from on the ground. So they didn't even get to jump or anything. And they just found a way to get the work done. So it was really inspiring to see, um, to, to to kind of figure out, you know, how to get that work done. I was I was really inspired yeah. there. Um, that, that's one thing that's been amazing about the CrossFit community is that they've full on just taken in everything, and and it and um, I can definitely say it from um, from our, our even our local standpoint that that. It, my uh, a few friends, one of them is an athlete, and the other one is a coach. Said like, "Hey, we want to come to your competition. By the way, I have an adaptive athlete, and the competition was just like, okay, bring her. Let we'll, we will work with it. whatever you, whatever she can do. Um, no problem. And it's been, if anything, like the crossing community has completely embraced um, right. because it's." And that's showing that CrossFit really is for everybody. Well, that's it. Like, if you're listening to this and you're not sure if um, about CrossFit or whether it's for you or not, it's for you. You know, what I mean? yeah. it, it can be anyone for anybody. can do it. Anybody can do it. You know, it doesn't matter what kind of shape you're in when you start. Like, doesn't matter what kind of injuries you've had. You know, any anybody can do it. You know, it's just about getting out there and moving around. You don't got to move a lot of weight. You don't got to move quickly. You just got to get out there and move. Yeah, which is is I think the, the main focus. You know? and, and there and and no whining involved. Right. <laughs> well, you know, and and it might, you know, everyone whines a little bit about it at first, but it kind of breeds the whining out of you. Yeah. To an extent, you know, because you realize, you know, I can do this. And whining is not going to help the situation at all. No, um, no. And I, I, I say it all the time in classes. Which is like, you know, come, come into this workout with a positive, um, positive feel. Right. I mean, it was a couple of months ago. You were, you were like, saying like, ah, oh, this is gonna suck so good. Right. <laughs> well, that was the other thing too. Is I try to replace as soon as I know I'm like, oh, this fucking sucks. I'm gonna, I'm replacing that with something like, oh, this is gonna be fucking awesome. You know what I mean? And and in my heart, I know I'm really thinking, oh, this is going to suck. But just mentally thinking about it and then verbally putting it out there that it's going to be awesome, it usually turns around whatever, you know, whatever whatever you're having apprehension about, you know? Yeah. I try to, and that's the other thing when we talk about that, too, is it crosses over in your daily life, you know? And you're like, oh, this is going to be fucking terrible. But if you're like, oh, no, this is going to be fucking awesome, you know? Even though it's not going to be awesome, it kind of changes the landscape mentally for what you're about to do. Yeah, there is, there is some, uh, 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 I mean, I hate to ha- sound all like hippie new age, but like there is something with thinking positively all the time. I mean, like you don't have to go around like preaching sunshine and rainbows, right. but if, if there, there's a huge, huge element to thinking positively about things and, and get yourself out of ruts. And, and if you go into a workout where there's a hundred burpees and you're like, man, hundred burpees is going to fucking suck. No, if you go in and be like, all right, I'm going to bang these out and I'm going to say, what's next. And right. you go in and, and like, I always say to my classes, like, think light, be light. Don't think about how heavy you are, or how much it sucks to pull your body up off the ground and right. get up and no, just think light. And like, you'll just all of a sudden be flying through burpees. Right. And burpees are the worst. Right. But you just make them good. Right. Make them good for yourself. Well, and I've, the other thing you gotta think about is how good it's going to feel when you're finished too. And like I was telling... Elliot and you guys on the last podcast that some of the times I feel the best is going from in between CrossFit sessions and 
coaching jujitsu, that ride, that 15 minute ride, it's, it's almost euphoric. You know, you put on some good music and you just got done working out and you're, you know, sucking down my protein shake and, you know, trying to get some calories in me and, and thinking about, you know, going back over what I'm about to teach at the next class, my, my lesson plan and things like that. That's some of like that 15 minutes is like, it's in between it's, it's bliss. You know what I mean? It's like, ah, you know, um, that's yeah. that's a lot of the lot a lot of the reason why you know it's because you just got all that hard work done successfully and then you're you know you're going on to do something else really fun too. I, I have I have noticed like your 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 mannerisms as you come into the gym and then when you leave. Yeah. Like I've seen you come in, it's like hey, what's up? Right. <laughs> and then you leave, it's like hey, see you later. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. No, it definitely makes a huge difference. Um, just getting out there and kind of getting out that that pent up frustration and that pent up energy didn't get to release the proper way all day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Um, the other thing that was inspiring about those adapted athletes is like I said, getting the work done, but also, um, the community around them, helping them figure out how to do that. You know, I mean, that's one thing like a lot of the coaches at ever proven do with the adaptive athlete that we have there. But I noticed there too, is a lot of those coaches, um, it was a challenge, but they rose to the occasion and they figured it out how to uh, modify or um, it was it was just a challenge and they figured out how to have those athletes get the work done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Modifying little things here and there. Oh, you can't jump. Well, you know, we'll do this or, you know. Yeah. You I mean, like just because you're in a wheelchair doesn't mean you're going to be the same as somebody else in a wheelchair. Right. So like same thing with like the, 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 the guys and guys and gals that were uh, not in wheelchairs. I mean, one guy's what got one freaking arm, right? And the other guy might have like uh, the the better part of their bicep and some part of their forearm where right. they can actually like use that to right. their advantage. Like, but it, it it's freaking so awesome. Yeah. Well, and the other cool thing is I like to get him in here and, and talk about um, his experience. Where we have a um, a member at the Jiu Jitsu Academy who's a um, amputee from the knee down so he's got his knee and then a little bit but he's got no shin and foot that trains jiu-jitsu with us um and i'm always amazed i i honestly don't have to do much of his adapting for him he figures out a way to make techniques work and things like that and if you know about jiu-jitsu like a lot of it has to do with you know using that like um for example i talk about this with um some of the guys and that's one of the i think the other benefits of, of mixing crossfit and jiu-jitsu and we've talked about this whatever it is um my and this goes along with what we're talking about but my feet since i've started doing jiu-jitsu have gotten really wide because i'm always barefoot and then my foot's always flexed with my toes spread out trying to use that as like a hook to like hook behind the leg or hook an arm or you know whatever so um you know 10 years of doing jiu-jitsu my body has kind of evolved into that that shape because i do it all the time so if i do that all the time it shows you how valuable having that foot as a hook or something to hook onto is is really important and he doesn't have that yeah you know what i mean so and then he he but he makes stuff work you know what i mean so he's missing what i consider especially in my game of jujitsu something that's super valuable you know what i mean like i don't know i would have to switch my whole game up in my in jujitsu to that 
to deal with that. And he, without me even really modifying it too much for him or, or talking to him a bunch about it, he figures out how to make it work, yeah. which is, which is pretty awesome. Um, you know, and there's some things that are more complicated techniques where, you know, he might need something where he's like, Oh, what do you think about this? And we'll kind of spitball the idea or whatever and, and figure out a, a, a way to do the technique or a variation of the technique that works for him, you know, but he, it's, it's insane. It's really cool to see that. And he's, and he's getting really good. Yeah. 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 He's got, a, he's got, and, and the other thing I'd like to talk to him about is, um, he lost his leg to, or that part of his leg to bone cancer when he was really young. Mm-hmm. And like he got, I think he got diagnosed when he was like 15 or 16. I think it was like in his early teens, whatever. And he made the conscious decision at that age to have his leg amputated. They gave him a choice. They were like, you can either have your leg amputated and we'll get rid of the cancer, or you can go through, through chemotherapy and all that stuff. And, you know, we might be able to take it, but you won't be able to do anything for a long time. He was like, fuck it. Cut my leg off. You know, like I'll just wear a prosthetic and he kept playing sports, you know, whatever. And he told me the other day, like, I mean, he still got his posterior chain and all that stuff. And, but he like deadlifted like 425 or something like that. Damn. On, on a prosthetic. Like I'm like, are you kidding me? Like that's insane. That's you the, make it work, right? You need I mean, which I mean, it boils down to like one of the greatest human traits. Why we're on top of the food chain is adaptation, right? Right. So, it, so I'd like to talk to him about his just his kind of mindset being that young. I mean, if someone would have told me at you know early teens, we're gonna like you have a choice to either go through chemotherapy or we're gonna take part of your leg, I'd be like, I'm going through chemotherapy. You're not taking anything from me. You know, that's <laughs> like I. I'd be the first. I've fucking. I've given blood once in my life. <laughs> I mean, like that. That's mine. That's staying in my body, you know. And he's like, "Fucking take it. I'll I'll make do without it. Yeah. You know, I don't want to put my life on hold for that." Yeah, I, that. I've been in a place where where I mean, it's just like conscious thought and just thinking. It was like, man, if I ever lost my legs, that would just be that would be the end of me. Right. I mean, I, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. I'd uh, recess into d- depression. and, and But if what, I mean, turns my thought process around is, like, seeing people and hearing about people like your friend and seeing people like the girl in our gym and, and seeing these <clears throat> adaptive athletes in CrossFit, it's like, man, it's there's this whole world out there of possibility. And it's like where it's that old saying: one door shuts, another one's gonna open. Right. And yeah. and zero complaints if some somewhere to happen. Like I just you just keep on going. Yeah, that's really it's that's that's it, man. It's I, it's amazing to me, and I, it seems like the most the people the most of the people I know who are dealing with that kind of challenges are the most positive people I know. You know what I mean? Because it's almost like I've dealt with this. I can deal with anything. Yeah. I mean, it puts things really in perspective, I think. Uh, perspective is, is absolutely everything. Right. I mean, I don't have anything life-changing or anything like that happening to myself right now, but, I mean, you know it. Like, I've got a shoulder impingement and a hip impingement, and it's on opposite sides of my body. And it's like, I can't work out normal anymore. I there there's there's no normality about what I can do and every day I can do something and the next day I can't do it. Right. So like just picking myself up off the floor every day and and going after it like it's those people that inspire me to keep on moving and right. like not to just completely give up and and just 
like you said. Just yeah, and it, it puts in perspective too that those injuries are only temporary. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and, and, and that's year, what's great is it's temporary. Right. For a year, me, a year from now, you'd be like, oh, I remember how bad that sucked. You know, what I mean? and but all those athletes, I mean, that leg's not coming back. You no. know what I mean? Or or the use of their legs isn't coming back, and they well until we're in the future and they figure out how to regrow <laughs> right, all that right, shit or download your consciousness. Fuck you, Ray Kurzweil. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, it, that was, the adaptive athlete was definitely the most inspiring thing I saw all weekend. There was a lot of awesome stuff. I mean, we got to see um, our previous guest, uh, Elliot Field, T-Weezy, Two Scoots Magoo. Tyrannosaurus. Yeah, tactical. Tactical <laughs> Elliot. Uh, he competed on a team. Um, they did really well. I think they came in like, I know they were at least, they're in the top 10, if not the top five. Um, that was pretty awesome. We saw some individual athletes from our gym compete. Uh, they did really well. Um, you know, hung in there with all the top athletes in their divisions and things like that. So it was cool to see, you know, that our, our little gym in Dover, New Hampshire do well against, you know, really big gyms yeah. and really famous gyms that are producing really high level athletes. It was really neat to see. Um, That's cool. Yeah. And they, well, and uh, back to what you were saying, like like just normal. I mean, these superstar athletes in our world just walking around. Right. You uh, you got to meet some pretty cool people. Well, so the 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 vendor village was awesome because there was like all of these people. Um, that were associated with these businesses and, and companies just uh, just hanging out and, and shooting the shit with people, whatever. Um, my personal favorite uh, booth <laughs> was uh, the uh, the caveman coffee booth because if so any happen to be wearing the hat right, right now, if, if anybody if anybody knows me, I have a serious coffee problem. I'm like a twelve cup a day guy. Um, Speaking of which, the coffee I'm drinking now is fucking terrible. Thank you, Ron, for not not <laughs> the, the Riddler was not prepared for the podcast today. Diva, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yes, I'm a coffee snob, elitist. Um, I drank so much caveman coffee this weekend. Oh, that weekend it wasn't even funny. It was I. It might have been. <laughs> 25 cups this reminds me of the com- the uh, idea i had and like you just completely shot it down and i thought it i think it would be like one of the funniest things to put on uh to to record would be to make forcibly make ourselves not drink coffee for a couple of days and you can just- go fuck yourself there's no way there's no, no, there's no way i want to see you off coffee you'd right? hate me you'd, you'd fucking hate me like no one would listen to this podcast anymore i'd be miserable well, no, it would just be like weaning ourselves off and every night record 20 minutes and it would probably end up just being like 20 minutes of hate. Oh, it would be terrible. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think my wife would divorce me if I stopped drinking coffee. She, yeah. She like, I, I tried coming off a of coffee uh, j- just for like the the medical reasons. I don't remember the breakdown of it, but it's like you i think it's something to do with the adrenal glands and oh I've, I've, i have every- drop kicked my adrenal glands <laughs> every day for a long time i i was such a miserable prick oh, i was a, i was a i was such a dick for a couple of days i need that i need that black death in my life <laughs> <laughs> that's all there is to it so you went to the Cayman coffee booth and so um i don't know if, if anybody doesn't drink caveman coffee they should you know get out get out there and get yourself some caveman coffee i think it's a caveman coffee 
co.com caveman coffee co um some of the people that run caveman coffee um is uh is Keith Jardine, who used to be in the UFC. Um, I think he was a UFC champ at one point. Um, and then uh, this girl, Lacey Mackey, who I also got to talk to while we were there. She's a real cool chick. Um, former regionals athlete, I think. Um, is a high-level strength and conditioning coach and personal trainer to some pretty famous people. Um, and, uh, you know, Follow her on Instagram if you can look her up. I think her Instagram name is lmackie31. Uh, I'm not sure. And then the other guy who runs um, Caveman Coffee, who we have talked about previously, is Tate Fletcher. And uh, if you guys don't know who Tate is, you should definitely look him up. Um, he has a podcast. It's a Pirate Life Radio. Um, real inspirational, real positive guy. Someone who I, I try to follow closely, get a lot of inspiration from. Um, got to talk to him for about 10 minutes, which was cool. That's awesome. Um, pretty sure I made a complete ass of myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was just geeking out hard. You know, I've, I've been listening to him. I listened to every one of his podcasts, um, follow him on Instagram. You know, um, he's a stunt man. So he's been in a bunch of movies, um, fought in the UFC, high level jujitsu guy, owns his own CrossFit gym. I think it's, a. Undisputed Fitness in Santa Fe, New Mexico, um, where it's a 10th Planet affiliate, 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu, and then it's CrossFit Santa Fe. Um, they do Strongman out of there and things like that. So he's just got all this stuff going on. I mean, he's honestly one of those people where it's kind of the reason why I started this podcast and I do a lot of other things in my life. He's just busy all the time going after yeah. everything that interests him. He goes well, it's for like it. like I said, like the, the, the dude's got his finger on the pulse. Right. Um, and... I don't know. I, I've been following myself as well. Like even before you and I were friends, right? Um, just following him since uh, since he was on Rogan, right? And I was like, wow, this dude is like, I mean, he's a burly looking dude, right? Yet he's eloquent and smart, right? And that's why I've, I, I have huge respect for him. Well, and if you look up like his it, like, and you hear him talk, whatever he's always talking about, you know, surrounding himself with the best community possible. You know, he always he wants to always, and it's one of the things we we're talking about on this podcast is. He always wants to be kind of the low man on the totem pole. He wants everyone to, you know, he wants to have to rise to his his peers and things like that, which is really cool, um, you know, and uh, talk about his history. You know, he was uh, essentially, you know, a junkie, I think, you know, and went to jail and, and kind of didn't had to get his life together. And then a, a course of things happening, you know, he figured some stuff out and had a lot, seems like he had a lot of, of good influences and mentors or whatever. And now he's just killing the game, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and that's really inspirational. He's one of those people where has kind of, um, impressed upon me that you don't need to have that, um, that stereotypical lifestyle, you know, you don't need to have, you know, the nine to five and slave away and have a house and kids and a marriage and, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, you can kind of carve your own path and still be successful as long as you're trying to be the best person you can be possibly. And whatever you're going to do, you do it 100% and, you know, be about something. Yeah. Um, and so it was cool to talk to him for a couple of minutes. You know, I'm, like I said, I was geeking out hard. So <laughs> I'm sure I made an ass of myself. We talked about, you know, his podcast and how much fun that he's having with that and you know how awesome k-man coffee is and you know i, I babbled on about you know doing jujitsu and training with kenny florian back in the day and how i introduced kenny to k-man coffee and all that stuff and it was like 
looking back on it now, I'm like, I could have had such a more constructive conversation with him about it, you know, but I just was kind of awestruck because the dude's a man, you know, he's kind of the path I, I, I'm trying to kind of model my life after a little bit. Um, so it was, it was really cool to talk to him and everyone else that came in coffee booth. Um, there was, you know, some, they had some people working there that were just cool down ass people to talk to and, and stuff like that. So that was really awesome. Damn. <laughs> yeah. That, that makes me jealous. Cause I wish I was, I, I, I wish I was there to meet him. Cause it's like not, not only that, but actually get to try some of the, I think you sent me a picture of the nitro. Yeah. So they do nitro cold brew, which if anybody, if you, if you don't drink cold brew now, you need to drink cold brew. Cause you'll never go back to drinking any other type of coffee. So what they do is instead of steeping it in hot water, you steep it in cold water over a longer period of time. So, you know, you can make it in a French press or, you know, um, I do it in these things called coffee socks. It's pretty much just a, um, uh, like a can, like a, a very lightweight canvas bag and you put the coffee beans in there. And then instead of heating the water up and steeping it for like eight minutes, you steep it in water in cold water for like 24 hours. Yeah, and so it doesn't mess with the molecular structure of the beans, and you won't burn it, and it comes out a lot smoother and things like that. Well, they take that, take some of the best coffee beans. These coffee beans that they use are single estate, single origin. So all the beans come from this one coffee farm in Colombia, I think it is. Um, and so they can really monitor the quality of these coffee beans, and uh, then they roast them in Santa Fe, and then they cold brew them. And then they put them in these tiny little cans with nitro. So it's like a Guinness. That's so you, you pop the can and pour it in there, and it's got all those little bubbles like, like a Guinness. I, fi- I finally had some the other day. I actually had some yesterday again. Uh, that, was it Profile in yeah, Portsmouth? Yeah, Profile in Portsmouth has got uh, cold brew on, on nitrous. Oh, that's amazing. It's, it's absolutely amazing. It, it, it changes it coffee. It, it changes coffee. It's like it, it's black coffee. But it's like really buttery, right? It's, it's awesome. so smooth, and like you wouldn't think that that nit- that, that nitrous in there would uh, would change the taste and and kind of the it's it's heaven. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all I can explain. <laughs> Absolutely heaven. I, I would I would drink that stuff every day if I could. Um, but yeah, so that did that. I had about twelve cans of that, and then. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I, I, twelve cans. Uh, uh, I I drank I drank a lot of coffee that weekend, um, but yeah, it was it was awesome. Um, so yeah, if you don't you know, check out K Man Coffee and uh, and get some of that, change your life. I promise. Um, Jesus Christ, twelve cans. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, a, I'm a, like a twelve. I'm honestly like, and so. If you're going by like the, the the actual measurement of a cup, I drink probably twelve cups of coffee a day. Like I drink an insane amount of coffee to the point where I can drink coffee now and go straight to bed, which is probably not very healthy. But you know, it's my only vice. I don't yeah. drink. You know, you no know. doctors. I I think I was at a. I was at my PT the other day, and and up on the board, they're talking about all the things you shouldn't go do do before bed, like drink water and and eat and, and like and have caffeinated products after three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, 
What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm leaving this place at 530. I'm going to get some coffee before right. I have to go to the gym. Right. Yeah. It's the the, the natural pre-workout as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, well, well, I wanted to add something to you uh, talking about cold brew and like, uh, and was it a sock? Yeah. It's a coffee sock Not is what they call sock, it. Right. Coffee sock. But I think I did like the, the lowbrow version. Because I remember asking you about it, and you were like, yeah, you really just put coffee in water and put it in the fridge for, like, for two days. Right. And, and um, I went online, I did a bunch of research, and, and I, all these sites talking about cold brew, and they talk about the, the essence of blah, 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 horseshit, 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 horseshit. You know what? Take some coffee grounds, put it in a big-ass mason jar, dump a bunch of water into it, shake it up a bunch, put it in your fridge. Next day, shake it up, put it a bunch, of, put it in your fridge, and then you can drink it. Right. Once everything settles down. Right. Yeah. That's all you gotta do. There's no more. There, it may, it's, they I mean, even if you really want to do that, you can filter it through a coffee filter after that to get all those coffee grounds out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not hard to do, but it's definitely. And the other thing that I have to mention, so people who are listening to this who aren't coffee addicts like I am have a serious problem, is it's very high octane. So you, if you're not, re- if you're really sensitive to caffeine, you can dilute that coffee. If you're sensitive to caffeine, yeah. I feel sorry for you. Right. <laughs> Get your life together, fool. <laughs> uh, so you can dilute that coffee. Like, so you take the cold brew coffee and then dilute it like four to one with water. And it doesn't change the taste at all. It's crazy. It's like, I mean, and if you don't dilute it, it looks like motor oil, but it's fucking delicious. Um, so... Try try cold brewing your coffee from now on. And the other cool thing is once you do cold brew, if you want a hot cup of coffee, you just heat that cold brew up, and it's the best t- tasting hot coffee you ever had in your whole life because it, it, it's so smooth. It stays sweet. You can't burn it. It doesn't get bitter. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of the, the cold brew coffee. Yeah, but I think a lot of people don't, don't, don't realize that everyone up in New England, we drink iced coffee year-round. Right. Yeah, <laughs> just because it went, it's winter doesn't mean that we stop drinking iced coffee. Well, I think the other thing that people don't realize too is like, and that's like the one thing about drinking caveman coffee at the caveman booth is they care so much about the process. Is that when you go to Starbucks or God forbid, fucking Dunkin' Donuts, um, they're all that coffee is burnt because that's the only way they get it consistent with all those people working there. You know what I mean, when you have someone who is the only person brewing their coffee and they do it the same every time, same temperature, same time steeping, you know, they prepare it the same way, use the same amount of beans, all that stuff. You can get a very consistent cup of coffee. But when you have, you know, a staff of, you know, 50 people working 24 hours a day and each one of those persons needs to brew the coffee, the only way to get that cup of coffee consistent is to burn it. You know what I mean? They do the same amount of beans, same amount of time, same amount of hot water or whatever, and they just burn the shit out of it. So if, when you drink Starbucks coffee or Dunkin' Donuts or any of those chain coffee stores, you're just drinking burnt fucking coffee. It's yeah, gross. That's, why, that's usually why Starbucks is uh, so bitter. Yeah, so you can get a, a cold brew coffee bag. Is that the, that's the right one? Yeah, on Amazon. I'll, I don't, I'll just get them right now so you won't be bitching at me. It, yeah. it literally looks like a sock. Yeah. Fuck yeah, you will. You know it's good for you. <laughs> no, I'm not getting it. Yes, you are. <laughs> so yeah, my weekend was pretty awesome. I watched some elite athletes 
destroy some weights. I saw some adaptive athletes, you know, kill some workout strength, plenty of coffee, got to talk to Tate Fletcher a little bit. Yeah, you get to meet meet an idol and a right. personal hero, which is always cool. Yeah. Um so yeah, it was really cool. A lot of a lot of a lot of high level athletes there. Um yeah, um like I said, it was pretty awesome. Um yeah, so uh, that was my my Wadapalooza wrap up, pretty much. <laughs> um, the other cool Riddler's thing, favorite favorite term, right. is Wadapalooza. Right, <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty funny, actually. Um, but the other cool thing about this whole, um, it seems like this podcast is is taking off, and um, you know, I was gonna ask, like I said, I was gonna ask some of those people to do some some remote podcasting, but it just seemed. I didn't want to be an inconvenience to anybody. It seemed like I said there was something going on the whole time. Either people were warming up to compete or they just got done competing and wanted to refuel and, and things like that. And I didn't really want to be um, an inconvenience to those people and, and things like that. But it seems like there's a, a real opportunity to talk to some amazing people. We're getting a good response on Instagram. Um, another, uh, I don't know if I'd call him a hero of mine or someone I find really interesting, whatever, is a... Uh, which is amazing is Matt Vincent reached out to us and, you know, is expressing some, uh, some interest to be on the podcast, which is, is pretty awesome. I never yeah, thought we, we anything will be like at that. the games this, right, this, right. Uh, this summer. We were checking out at the Highland games, you know, try to catch up with them hopefully before then and things like that. So it, this whole podcast is opening up a, uh, a world of possibilities that I never really thought was going to happen. And, uh, you know, hopefully next year when you go to Wadapalooza or anything like that, We'll be able to do some some podcast down there, maybe with some some people who aren't competing, who are just there for the fun of it. You know, yeah. maybe we can get Tate on the podcast, or you know, whoever else. Well, I think that goes back to like our original idea of this whole podcast is 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 talking to some amazing people, people that right. are just like killing it in life, right? And like our from our backyard, um, like the amazing people like that are in our own, um in our own area as well as a, across the nation maybe even across the world who knows right um but yeah it's it's like reach out to us well we'd love to just sit down and talk yeah and 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 bear with us was kind of still working out the kinks whatever i'm not really like i said i didn't do a remote podcast i'm not really 100 percent sure how that'll go yet or we'll definitely try it and and work out those kinks we don't not really know how to do um a podcast yet for from you know over skype or anything like that but we'll figure that all out um everything's a possibility it's all in all in due time you know we're, we're yeah. trying to be the the best at this as we possibly can it's a it's a learning curve for sure absolutely all right well uh next time we're gonna have another friend of ours um another another marine <laughs> come on here i'm looking forward to this uh th- this upcoming podcast as well uh, awesome. again, great guests coming up for sure yeah we've got some awesome people lined up so uh stay tuned and uh hear us out thank you fuck bitches get money